T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Dirty water mixing with distressing and depressing. Back at Fenway, and at least the game itself was very fun, but otherwise a day of grief and a day of worry for Red Sox Nation. Bill Buckner passed away, and Dustin Pedroia is reversing course on the comeback trail. We're going to get to those last two sobering items for sure, but we do want to hold true to the spirit of the podcast, which is leading off with what's happening on the field. So we ask you to prepare a little Kleenex for later here. Prepare to worry along with everyone else about the future of the laser show. But we'll try and keep things as upbeat as possible off the top. The final score Monday with Boomer in the radio booth. Boston 12, Cleveland 5. We'll get to all of that coming up right now. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Sox podcast. Sox now 18 and 8 in their last 26. The bats busting out against a team that has been known for its pitching this year. We'll get into all of that. Nice first step, though, on a brief three-game homestand despite falling behind 3-0 right out of the chute. Red Sox storming back to curb stomp Cleveland 12-5. Josh Lewin with you. I guess we should get to first things first. Both of them bummers, no way around it. The, the day began with the very sad news that Bill Buckner had passed away at the age of 69. And the national narrative, of course, was all about being remembered for the Mookie Wilson grounder and how supposedly he was a pariah in Boston until they finally won a World Series. But that's just not true. I mean, you guys know way better than I do. The guy did get a really loud ovation opening day in 1990 when he was back for a bit with the team. They loved him when he came back in 08. But uh, among the many things Bill Buckner was, in addition to a borderline Hall of Famer, he was absolutely a pure hitter. The only five players with a 300 batting average or better, 1972 to 1982, were Buckner, Steve Garvey, Al Oliver, Rod Carew, and Pete Rose. For his career, 2,715 hits. That is still 66th all-time. It's ahead of Dave Parker, Billy Williams, and even Ted Williams, for that matter. I would say we should remember him as a battler, too, not just for battling the the dementia that ultimately uh, helped to, to claim his life way too soon. But you go back to his playing days, and you go back and look at the ninth inning of Game 5 of the 86 ALCS in Anaheim. There was Bill Buckner screaming obscenities at Mike Witt before he singled off him to start that big rally. That's what got the Red Sox to that World Series against the Mets in the first place. He's a contact hitter. Uh, He was almost as hard to strike out as Tony Gwynn in his career, both around once every 21 at-bats for their incredible careers. Buckner never had a 40-strikeout season. As of right now, 115 major league players have struck out at least that many times this year, and it's not even June. The number of three strikeout games for Bill Buckner in 16 major league seasons was zero. Monday, there were 15 players who did what Buckner never did 
in 16 seasons where that was possible. He was a kind of a star among stars when he came up with the Dodgers. If you look at the 1970 Dodgers AAA team in Spokane, that was Buckner, Garvey, Valentine, Tommy Hutton, Davey Lopes, Ryan Say, Bill Russell, Charlie Huff, managed by Tommy Lasorda. Just a galaxy of future stars and studs on that team. But I hope people also remember the, the sense of fair play and good humor that Bill Buckner was all about. And if you ever saw his arc on Curb Your Enthusiasm with Mookie Wilson, by the way, and those guys were good friends. Uh, they ended up being very good friends for, for all they uh, put each other through, I guess. And, and I, I got to tell you a, a personal story, a completely true story about Bill Buckner, who, who never would remember me. Uh, we just met briefly a couple times. But the, the very first time we met... I was with the Rochester Red Wings AAA team and checking into the hotel in Syracuse, which wasn't a usual thing because usually we just bust back and forth. For some reason, I guess maybe it was like a night game, then a day game or something like that. We actually checked into a hotel. I went down to the uh, the front desk to get change for a dollar back when that was a thing, back when you needed like quarters for the, the vending machine. And uh, there was Bill Buckner. He was in line behind me. He'd come up in line behind me. I recognized him immediately. I think he was doing scouting or roving or something for the Blue Jays at that point, if I remember right. But anyway, I get my my dollar change. I got my four quarters. And like a moron, I I drop all four quarters. And two of them roll right in between Bill Buckner's legs, which is just horrifying to me. Because, I mean, what, what do you say? And without missing a beat, he looks at me. He knows that I'm with, with the baseball team. He doesn't know who I am, but he knows at least I know baseball. And he says, I swear to God, he says, Stapleton would have made that play. <laughs> and it was just so self-aware and, and so self-deprecating and so spot on. And I, just, I became a huge Bill Buckner fan in that moment. And uh, anyway, he left us much too soon. I think, again, nationally, it's, it's a, a shame. The, I mean, a travesty that the, the lead sentence in a lot of these stories is about 86. He was so much more than that, and just very, very sad news when that came down on Monday morning. More news that it certainly wasn't positive followed after that. I mean, let, let's hope that Dustin Pedroia maintains his great sense of humor, or at the very least finds a way to work through this disappointment, as he again has a tough time coming back from the knee situation. And the, the, the news from Monday was that he's being transferred to the 60-day IL, which is how they, they found room to get Brock Holt back on the team, essentially. But uh, Pedroia has already served 40 of those 60 days on this particular stint away from the team. So in many ways, this move is just clerical. But it sure felt more than clerical when you heard him talk. It felt foreboding. And uh, Pedroia met the media to address what he could be looking at here before the game began. I, I played. I mean, it was it was uh, <laughs> the pain was kind of to a point where um, you know I, I had to tell the trainer. I'm like, listen, man, I, I got to come out. Um, you know, and it's a tough day. I mean, I knew I'd have tough days. You know, throughout this process. Um, the next day, I woke up and it wasn't any better. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's to a point now where where my knee is is not allowing me to to play every day um you know and it's taken taken a while to realize that um and i've tried so many things you know from braces to orthotics to 
rehab methods to um, seeing different doctors to, you know, every type of, of treatment possible. So, you know, I'm at a point right now where, you know, I need some time. Um, and, and, and that's, that's, that's where my status is. Um, well, that's, that's part of the issue is, is no, because the, the surgery that has been recommended to me, um, after last season is, is something that, you know, not a, not a lot of people want to go through, um, you know, that affect, it'll, it would affect, you know, like the quality of my life and, and things like that. Um, so, so no, I'm not, I'm not thinking about having the surgery. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I, you know, I think that's, that's a part of, you know, the time right now is, is figuring that out. Um, you know, I, I've been lucky to, to be with this organization and, and to deal with the, the people in our training room and our doctors and, and have the best, you know, manager, coaching staff, front office, and, and they've been, you know, leading me in the right direction the whole way. I mean, it's unfortunate, you know, the, the type of injury that I, that I had um, and I have, you know, so, you know, I'm just trying to listen to everybody and, and try to do the right thing and, you know, and then they, they care about me and you can't say that about, about everybody, you know, every team or, or things like that, but these, everybody here truly cares about me and, and, you know, I love them for it. You know, I saw up close David Wright my last few years with the Mets trying so hard to come back and battle through. Just keep trying, keep trying. He got back for basically a, a, a token game. I mean, that was it. And it, it was very sad to see. I, I'm, I'm sitting here just hoping, praying that Pedroia can find a way to, to somehow beat this thing and come back and be more than just a, a token uh, and, and he's important to the team no matter what. He's earned his money. There's no way you can say that uh, uh, he doesn't deserve to to get whatever he can get going forward here. And if he can be part of the team in some small measure, it's totally worth it because of what he brings and who he is. Remember the whole Eduardo Rodriguez figuring out the, the new grip on his slider thanks to Dustin Pedroia? I mean, that was just like a month ago, and, and Dustin obviously hasn't played since then. So... We'll, we'll keep you posted on how it's going, but uh, just light a candle, say a prayer for, for Pedroia right about now. All right, let's try to get to something positive here, like the game. The Red Sox win it 12-5, to and they've got that 18-8 and record since April 29. Only the Yankees and Twins are better than that. Rick Porcello, last time out, needed only 80 pitches to get through six innings against Toronto. And you go back to the, uh, the fourth inning of April 25th, 2.2 ERA coming into this one. Red Sox 6-1 and one in his last seven starts. 37 strikeouts, seven walks in those starts. So a lot of things rounding into form. He wasn't great in this particular ball game. In fact, he gave up a couple runs right off the jump. Final line was six and two-thirds, eight hits, three runs, three walks, four strikeouts. 110 pitches, but he gutted through around long enough to get the win. ERA is sitting at 4.4. Hembry, Brazier, Velazquez after that, by the way, to make sure the Red Sox would get it done. And, and a pitching note, David Price will now pitch on Tuesday. And, and I like the fact that he gets to go in this series now. Remember, he got 15 pitches and then was pushed right off the mound in uh, Houston because of the flu over the weekend. But 
Price with a 2.06 career ERA against Cleveland. Like that, Ryan Weber is going Wednesday now. So this all pushes Chris Sale back. He gets to start against the Yankees in New York over the weekend. And Sale, 1.93 career ERA against the Yankees. I'll, I'll buy that one just fine. So coming into this game, yeah, J.D. Martinez, pretty cold. One for 16, I guess it was, fighting through the back spasms. Mookie's OPS has been above 900 for nine days all year. Benintendi is now three for 38 in first innings. Might need to find a new spot in the batting order. And you look at the uh, the bottom third of the batting order, and you're talking about guys all hitting in the 100s. So there were some things that you didn't love coming into this game, and, and certainly when it was 3 nothing Cleveland by the top of the third, you're thinking, what is going on? But everybody had a hit in this one for Boston by the sixth, except for Benintendi. Only Chavis had failed to score a run by then. The big blow was a home run to the left field corner by Sandy Leon as part of a six-run fifth. Three-run shot for Sandy right after a Jackie Bradley double. And the extra base hits are spilling out like gumballs from a gumball machine for Jackie right now. It's a long road back from where he started. But five doubles and three home runs now in his last nine games. He'd had three doubles, no home runs in his first 38 games. Rafael Devers, uh, kind of a calm afternoon for Rafi, but he's, he's due for one of those every once in a while, just a one for five. But remember, he had mashed through that Toronto-Houston road trip, 13 out of 27, four home runs, eight runs batted in, 377 batting average over the last month. So for the season now, 328 hitter, on-base percentage close to 400, slugging percentage of 500, so he's in the same rarefied air as, say, Bregman and Chapman as other just tremendous third baseman in the American League. And it's been noticed that Rafi has been working harder in the cage before games. He's taken things a lot more seriously. Alex Cora recently wondered aloud if it maybe had something to do with Devers cutting his hair. Those dyed blonde braids have been replaced by that tight, kind of all-business look. And, and Cora is saying he's cleaned it up. And, and you know, he might be onto something because it's kind of translated. In the field, it's certainly been cleaned up. He had nine errors in his first 31 games this year. Now hasn't made one since May the 2nd. you got 54 games down now. Devers is leading all of baseball with 89 hard-hit batted balls. That's any ball hit harder than 95 is how you classify that. Babip is on the high side, and I don't know if that's sustainable, but he's striking out a lot less. I think that is sustainable. The exit velo, if you like that thing, he is basically tied with Joey Gallo. He's ahead of Bryce Harper. So just so much to like about Devers, who finds himself in some very elite company historically now. The most recent Red Sox players to have an extra base hit six straight games at 22 or younger. You got Ted Williams in 1940, Yaz in 1961, Reggie Smith in 1967, and and now Devers. So since he's been kind of anointed as the golden child by Alex Cora, uh, might as well get to Alex Cora now after the 12-5 win. Red Sox, by the way, pounding out 13 hits. The Indians held to nine, both teams making one error. Alex Cora talking to the media when it was over. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been feeling all along that offensively we, we're getting close. You know, obviously when Jackie starts swinging it, then we become that dangerous. Uh, Chris has done an outstanding job in the bottom lineup. Sandy, you know, he said bats have been a lot better than last year. Uh, you know, forget the results, but uh, he's, he's been hitting the ball hard, putting good at bats, uh, and uh, obviously when they they do this, then that happens. You know, uh, it was a good offensive game for us. 
How big a swing was there in the fifth inning? You make the two great plays, uh, Mookie and Brock at the top of the inning, and then obviously the offense explodes. Right yeah, now. I mean, um, that's. We've been doing a better job of that. Uh, I know we didn't play good defense in Houston the first day, but we've been very consistent about it, um, much better than the first 11 days of the season. It seems like the first 11 days of the season were very slow defensively, and we saw things that we didn't see last year. But um, <clears throat> I do feel that uh, we've been very consistent, making plays, making the routine play. Um, obviously, in, in the first inning, we didn't make a play. It cost us. You know, They scored two runs, but overall, our defense has been much better than in, in the beginning of the season. Ken on the right. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like when I used to get hits, you know, people get pumped, you know, like, uh, he's the defensive guy. Oh, yeah, he gets hits, you know. Uh, everybody's pulling for him, you know, everybody knows uh, how he won last year. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that keeps working. He keeps trying to, to find his swing, you know, and uh, he got a good pitch to hit. Um, in the previous at bat with the bases loaded, he got a pitch and he missed it. And, uh, and, and that one, he didn't miss it right-handed. So uh, it's good to see him smile, too, you know, because he's doing something offensive. He can say all he wants about the defense and calling games. That's all he cares, but not really, you know. He wants to contribute offensively, and today, uh, today he did. I mean, he pitched well with Christian the other day, too. You know, he went seven against a tough lineup. So uh, I just think he found a few things, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's chemistry there. We know that. We've seen it. But at the same time, it's more on him. You know, uh, he made some adjustments. You know, his structure, his preparation in between starts is second to none. Um, and, you know, he's been very consistent for the last six, seven starts, you know, and uh, that's why he's here for. And uh, I'm very proud of him because uh, he turned the corner. It didn't seem uh, positive early in the season, but, you know, he's a pro, and he knew that, you know, it's just a matter of time and, and working a few things. He didn't stop working, and you see the results now. All right, that's the manager. There were five different Red Sox with two hits in the game. Nobody had three. Benintendi, we mentioned, did not have a hit, but he did walk two times. And the Red Sox winning rather easily, again, the final 12-5. to 5. So looking ahead now, let's get you to uh, Price against Plesak. Not Dan Plesak, it's his kid. That's how old we all are. Zach Plesak will make his big league debut Tuesday night, 7-10 first pitch, David Price. And uh, not for nothing, but the Red Sox only 3-5 and five in Price's starts now. They're 3-8 and eight in sales starts. Anybody else are 23 and 12, but when their two aces start, somehow they're 6 and 13. Wednesday, remember that's now a 6 10 game. The Red Sox doing everybody a solid. They move the game back by an hour, make it easier to watch the Bruins game that night. Ryan Weber, 1.29 ERA, coming off that spectacular effort against Toronto, against Shane Bieber, 3.11 ERA for the Biebs. That is the finale of the series on Wednesday. So that's the podcast. Again, a very, very sad news about Bill Buckner. Some angsty news about Dustin Pedroia, but at the very least, you win by seven against Cleveland and the Franconas, and you get yourself up a little bit closer to where you want to be. The Red Sox still have work to do to catch the Yankees, but they've got four against the Yankees, remember, starting Thursday in the Bronx. Josh Lewin, thank you very much for checking in with us. And we'll have a quick turnaround podcast for you, part two of the three-game Cleveland series coming up tomorrow. Bye-bye. Take care.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 